Good morning, everyone. It is August 21st, about 7.45 in the morning. I woke up earlier, but I did a little bit longer run this morning and had some businessy things to take care of, so running a little bit behind, but not by much. It's good to be waking up earlier. I think I've mentioned before, I one of my gifts to myself for being a full-time writer is that I don't set an alarm. I get to wake up naturally, which just feels so much better to me than waking up to an alarm. But uh, that does mean that I have some fluctuation in my annual schedule, which is always interesting to observe anyway. Alright. Today I have the gold stripey sparkle cup that I got in Omaha with my friend Margaret. Passageway of Doom. Alright, here we are. Uh, that's the same cup that I put on my logo for the site, which I find I'm using other pictures more, but it is on there somewhere. Oh, we've got a bunch more choyas out here today, but I have my walking shoes on, so I'm going to try to see if I can get by without moving them. I think Packrat knew I was out here again yesterday and is taking measures measures to warn me away. Alright, first cup. First sip. <laughs> first cup too, but Hmm. All right. I can see that the uh, sun is really coming up later now. The light is much more slanty out here. Of course, I'm out here a little earlier, too. But I can see the changes as fall comes on. I really want to go buy some plants. Um, Agua Fria Nursery is my favorite place to go. So maybe after I get done with this book with the arrows of the heart and get back from birthday weekend I could do some planting that would be nice it's a good time to do it because well fall is good especially in this climate because it's a little cooler but also to um I can see where things are you know I can see where the holes in the garden are I've been thinking a lot about like the house and that sort of thing. Saturday was our nine-year anniversary of moving into this house, which is really kind of amazing that it's been nine years. I'm going to turn on the drip system. I had to do a manual run. I turned it off because uh, we've been getting so much rain and I didn't need it. But now I think we could use a little dash this morning so yeah nine years that we've been in this house and I so that's been making me think um, the house I had back in Wyoming which was the second house we lived in and I'm not even sure how many I lived in a lot of places in Laramie Wyoming because I was in grad school and was itinerant for a while. <laughs> I have so many choya burrs in my 
shoes now. <laughs> I guess I should have swept it out. Uh, but that last house we lived in, I loved. It was almost made living in Laramie worthwhile. Laramie has very harsh and long winters, so it was difficult to make up for that gorgeous summers. But um, we had done a lot. We made a couple of ponds, and I had gorgeous gardens, and I'd been asked to be on the home tour. It was this beautiful old uh, 1913 arts and crafts house. And I had painted most of it, and I don't know, I felt like I did a lot to it. Although I recall when we went to sell it, one of the first things the real estate agent said was she said, you know, we could price this exactly right for someone to make this into a real show place. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, I guess I didn't make it into a real show place. But maybe I'm not a real show place kind of gal. But I thought it was a beautiful house. But, And we only lived there for five years, which is amazing to think about, um, especially because when I think about all the stuff we did to it and how much I loved it. And I've been thinking about that, you know, like all the things on this house. This house, when we moved into it, was considerably more beautiful to begin with. It was nicely landscaped and much newer house and arguably did not need much done to it. And at first I was hesitant to do much to it because we have lots of very large windows and this really gorgeous view. I mean, the view is one of the most amazing things about this house. And so I almost didn't want to do too much stuff to the inside because it felt like it detracted from what I could see looking outside. So I've done a few things, but nothing like what I want to do. Of course, the biggest thing I want to do is like put on the the dream remodel on the kitchen and master bath. Uh, and then I finally figured out how I could add on a mother-in-law suite and make it into a, um, and still, you know, it's it's hard sometimes, depending on how a house is laid out, to put on in an addition and have it still make sense to the house. But I figured out how I would do it um, if I had the money to do so. But there are other things, you know, I need to, like, sand the portal and things like that, do some other painting in the house. So I've just been thinking about that over the last few days, how, why I don't do nearly as much on this house as I did on our, just in those five years on the house in Laramie. And I even dreamed last night um, that my mom and I were trying to fix up a house back in Laramie, only it was not our pretty house, it was much more ramshackle and and I was thinking, why haven't I done any of this work? So that's a pretty clear <laughs> clear symbolism there. But I was thinking about it. And, you know, like, where have these nine years gone? And, you know, they've really gone into writing. Uh, the last nine years has been a huge change in my fiction writing career. I mean, I really got my first, you know, I sold some of my first fiction back in Laramie, um, but my first 
real publications came out starting in like 2010. And I've written a lot of books on those years. And I remember being back in Laramie and making the deliberate decision to give up quilting. I used to do a lot of quilting. And I would make really pretty, um, like, watercolor quilts. And I made a friend a king-size wedding ring quilt for her wedding. And I finally decided that I was sort of sublimating writing energy into quilting. And so I'm thinking back to those things that I did on that house, making those ponds and laboring to make those gardens. And I baked a lot. I did a lot of things like that, painting the inside of the house. And I think what happened is is I took a whole lot of that creative energy that I used to pour into the house and I've put it into writing. And it, because the day job stuff was pretty much the same, at least the first few years here and there. And now I am, I don't know, you know, it seems like, um, not doing the day job any longer and going to full-time writing, I keep thinking it should have freed up a whole bunch of time. But I think what it did was, instead it might have taken up more because I feel like I have to hustle more to bring the money in to keep us going. So, and even though I've really been tracking my time more closely and I'm getting one of those Timular devices. I'll, I'll put a link in the post uh, to keep track of what I spend, what tasks I spend different time on. I think I do keep pretty close track, but it'll be interesting to see if that tells me a different tale. Um, but I've sort of been keeping down the actual times I do writing sprints in it. it Getting 4,000 words a day, which is what I'm doing now, and it seems to be working all right. It seems to be reasonably sustainable. Um, it takes me about six hours to get that, which includes breaks. I mean, six hours from when I start writing to when I stop um, doing hour-long sprints. And it usually takes me four sprints um, and something like three and a half hours of actual writing. I've tried shortening the breaks in between, um, but I seem to sometimes I take a couple of hour long breaks, and I seem to to need that. Now, so I don't know. I I can't decide. I f I feel like I need to start doing m more stuff on the house, perhaps to make it into a real show place, uh, or perhaps not. I don't know. Maybe that's the the fall nesting urge. That's the other thing about Laramie was that we didn't have a lot to do. Um, and we had that hugely long winter. We'd usually get our first snow around Labor Day weekend. And it would sometimes snow into June. So we had a lot of time inside, a lot of time for those kinds of projects. And when it was summer, I would be pretty intensely working on the garden. Here it's kind of funny because it's nice in the spring and then June gets so hot, so hot and dry. It's really our hottest month that you don't want to be out in the garden all that much. 
and finally the monsoon rains come in but the monsoon rains are almost always in the afternoon and evening and I really do write best in the morning so I kind of lose my gardening time in the later months I should I really should try to make my writing breaks be some gardening I started to do that earlier this summer and then fell off of it again so I should do that or like go out and sand the portal for an hour it would probably be a good break gives my mind some time to relax and the well a chance to refill a little bit yesterday I talked about the agent shenanigans and when I was looking up to get the right name because yesterday I said Michelle Smith and it's Danielle Smith I did put that in the post but in case you only listen it's Danielle Smith with Lupin Grove and yeah she started out at Fuse Literary was there for a year and then went to Red Fox Literary and then founded her own agency Lupin Grove but when I was looking it up I saw some various discussions and articles about that and then also you may have heard about uh, the big embezzlement at uh, I always say it wrong Chuck Paluniak Chuck Paluniak's agency where the accountant it wasn't the agency itself it was the CPA for the agency embezzled about 3.5 million dollars and apparently Chuck had noticed that his income had been dwindling and dwindling uh, and he'd been blaming it on book piracy and I think I'd even seen him talk about that or at least have an article about that so that's kind of ironic so I've been seeing people say a few things about that you know like one is the this is why agents have to or people are blaming it on writing writers not knowing how to read their royalty statements which I kind of was like hmm because I know how to read my royalty statements that granted they are not easy they are confusing but it does seem pretty straightforward that if your royalty statement says you earn so much this quarter then you would expect to have that much less the 15 percent for your agency so I'm not quite sure where the higher math comes in there unless it's just that a lot of writers don't like looking at their royalty statements which I don't blame them because it is a headache but I do review mine but the part that really I find fascinating is the people who weigh in and I saw some doing this saying this is why I'd never trust an agent and these are people who have chosen to self-publish and they might argue with me and say that they were forced into self-publishing because they the gatekeepers wouldn't let them in you know the they couldn't get you know they tried for agents they tried for traditional publishing and then went to self-publishing and now they're really happy doing that and they wouldn't share their money with anybody else you know and and I self-publish I consider myself you know pretty much down the middle pretty thoroughly hybrid but I do have an agent and and I do trust her and she knows things that I don't and she finds opportunities for me that I don't and you know I feel like this um, immediate leap you know as soon as there's some sort of scurrilous behavior on a literary agent's part to start proclaiming wildly widely that wildly too wildly and widely this is why I'd never have an agent this is why you can't trust agents you know feels to me like um, finches male and female finch coming up to get some grapes which no I have not harvested 
you know that it's um it's a lot of of shouting to make themselves to reaffirm their own choices there that's the generous way to put it you know and if you don't want an agent don't have an agent you know sure that's but that doesn't mean that all agents are bad and because there is one bad agent one or two you know well really in the second case it was the cpa who was bad so does that mean that you'd say this is why i'd never have a cpa you know there there are cases where cpas embezzle funds but you know you don't see people well maybe you do see some but you know saying this is why i do my own taxes i would never trust a cpa you know and it's like well you know there are bad actors in all of humanity right there are the Bernie Madoffs who stole all of his investors' money. Um, but you don't see all of those investors saying, I will never invest, never use a financial advisor again. You know, there are bad doctors who get disbarred. There are bad lawyers. Or, you know, I, what is it? A bad doctor gets uh gets their license or license to practice removed, something like that from the AMA. A lawyer gets disbarred. I mean, we have words in our language for these things because people do bad jobs sometimes, but that doesn't mean that you cast dispersions on the entire profession. And I feel like a lot that there is a certain contingent of self-published writers who are incredibly eager to cast aspersions on agents as a whole. And you know, if it were me, <laughs> I wouldn't want to say that kind of thing because really it just sounds like sour grapes. Um, it It's, yeah, it's transparent, you know. If you don't want an agent, fine. But taking the righteous position that anyone who does have an agent is somehow a fool and you're smarter than they are, is just, um, well, none of us are buying it. We don't believe you. Uh, I don't think any less of someone who is self-publishing. Sometimes what you write isn't something that traditional publishing recognizes as exactly the thing. And there have been a lot of people, some of them my very good friends, who have you know, made a great living and are having terrific careers and then are later picked up by traditional publishing because they prove that they have an audience. So anyway, that was on my mind too. So I think since I went a little long yesterday, I'll go a little short today. I'm going to get in there and I got my word count yesterday. Arrows of the Heart is rocking right along. Um, terrible things are happening to my characters. So that's Sad, sad but true, and uh, but I'm looking forward to getting it out there in the world. So thank you all for sharing my first cup of coffee. I'm going to go make a second cup of coffee, and I hope that you all have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. <laughs>